0: The Property Playbook would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands of where this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, acknowledging the culture, the history and the connection to the lands of what we call home. Let's get into it. (laughs)
1: Hello and welcome back to The Property Playbook, the podcast where we take you from A to V of all things property. My name is Jessica Ricky, and maybe one day I will own my first home, but until then I'm bringing in all kinds of experts to help me out along the way to figure out what to do. Today, I am really, really excited because I have property expert and agent Lana Samuels joining me. Lana, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do?
0: Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, It's very exciting to be here. Obviously, good friends with V Mm -hmm. and have been a massive fan of the podcast for quite some time. So, honoured that I was invited today. Bit of background about me. I'm sales director at White Fox Real Estate. Mm -hmm. So, I head up our Bayside office. Yep. Uh, We've been open for about a year and a half down in the Bayside, but I've been with the business at White Fox since the very start when the business actually opened. So first client, first agent, one of four, and then really worked my way up from the bottom through the top, Mm -hmm. and now I'm a director of the business and- Having a lot of fun along the way.
1: And in a man's world too, you love to see it. I got my very, very first like big girl job was working as an EA in real estate. And so I was working under a female agent who was one of the top
0: agents in the company. And I just, I love seeing women killing it in real estate. It's so cool. It's the best place to start. So I started off as an EA to Marty who owns the business Mm -hmm. and really got exposed to all the different ways that deals come together, all the intricacies got to network and really be exposed to so many different areas that Mm. I wouldn't have necessarily been exposed to, given that I'd been in London for 10 years. So I came back with three numbers in my phone book and started (laughs) my career in real estate six and a half years ago, and it's been an incredible journey. And now I'm lucky enough to have Miss Nellie as my EA sitting next to me in the studio too. And she's gorgeous. (laughs) Gorgeous. But it's all about women supporting women. And I think just hearing what you're saying about Working under another strong female, Mm -hmm. it's very
1: empowering. It really is. And obviously, we're the property playbook, not she's on the money. But I think it's really cool to know that those perspectives are changing and shifting and that we are seeing more and more women come to the industry because I think that as women, we have a lot of strengths that can really help people in their home buying process in a way that is just kind of inherent to who we are and, and how we interact with people. But Today, we're going to be talking about a little bit of a spicy topic. We're going to be touching on underquoting. And this is something that I think as buyers, it's a little bit of a misty, murky area Mm. because there's almost like this gray space where you don't really know what it is or what it isn't. And if you're someone who is new to the home buying process, you don't necessarily know what's what. So I wanted to ask you, Lana, can you kind of run me through firstly what even underquoting is?
0: So it is a grey area. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a taboo subject to a lot of people, but the good thing is it is – getting under control as mm-hmm. an industry. Yeah. There are serious repercussions to agencies and agents if they are caught to be underquoting. Mm-hmm. I think there's a big misconception with that space for buyers that are very new into the market and they feel very disengaged and a little bit lost on how to gauge where pricing needs to sit. Yeah, But it really does need to come from the research of the buyer. So as an agent, if we strip it back, an agent taking a property to market under auction conditions, they really do need to be quoting it on what they feel the property is worth, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Not what the vendor wants to achieve in their dream number, yep. it's what is the value of the home today in this market. And there are steps that need to be taken and that are taken by agents to come up with that number. It's not a pie in the sky. <laughs> Just take My a gut pick. feel <laughs> is that it's worth roughly X. There's a lot of research that should go in the back of that. The most apparent one is comparable sales. Now, unfortunately, in this market right now, we've got very little stock to reflect on. So if we look at today's market and how agents are pricing, we're sitting at about 40% off stock levels of where we were this time last year. Really? 40%? Yes. So oh it's my gosh. Just under 40%. So we've been really mapping out the best that we can as agents given that there's not a huge amount of properties to pull from mm-hmm. but you have to use the most comparable sales that have transacted in order to base your analysis when it comes to pricing yep. for an auction quote now from a buying perspective it can be very overwhelming especially if you're at that start of your journey and yep. it's your first property that you've bought how do you know where something sits you know how do you value a home mm-hmm. it's very hard when you get emotional when yeah. you're a buyer so the Best, best, best way to do it is to do your research Mm -hmm. as a buyer. The agents will give an indicative range, but the reality is the vendor has to give their reserve, but usually it'll come on the day of the auction. Yeah. Now, the comparable sales should be the best way to factor in where the price should be sitting Mm -hmm. based on land size, when it was sold, bed, bath, car, accommodation, floor plan, or all factors that come into play when you're pricing a home. But it also comes down to the research that the buyer does to feel comfortable. So my advice to buyers that are entering the market or are, are feeling out an auction scenario is be out there. Mm-hmm. Go to auctions, feel it out, have your finger on the pulse, do your own analysis and your own research so that you really feel geared when you go on auction day to know where the property sits and what you're prepared to pay. Yeah,
1: 100%. Something that I see people talk about a lot, I'm on a lot of forums and Facebook groups as someone who's hoping to kind of get their first home. I've seen people talking about how homes have been listed with a certain range and then it's going to auction or maybe it is private sale but there's a few competing buyers and the home is selling for significantly more than what that range was. But it's interesting having kind of worked on that back end knowing that that isn't necessarily underquoting. no but sometimes people are really quick to say
0: oh that's an underquote because yes. it's gone for three or four hundred thousand dollars over i'll mm-hmm. give you a great example of that i sold a property recently mm-hmm. in camberwell yeah and the quote was 2.6 to 2.7 now our vendors were in line at that top end of the range that was you know where they really were comfortable to let the property go mm-hmm. we had a private auction on site and we had three parties going neck to neck, competing. And the reason that they were competing is it was a turnkey home, which is performing the best in this marketplace Mm -hmm. because cost of build has gone through the roof. Materials are crazy. Materials, trades, it's very difficult to even forward plan a build or a renovation because you've got so many external factors that are out of your control and it is so expensive. So it really does depend on the type of property. But this particular property was a turnkey architectural home in a great location and the reality is there was no competing properties on the market at that time so it's all driven by supply and demand in the property market like most things very low supply people need to transact in property for five reasons and five reasons only financial gain financial loss death relocation and marriage they're the five reasons why people buy and sell property that's really interesting so right now there is a very you know limited amount of stock that people can choose from this particular home was quoted perfectly. We had great momentum throughout the campaign, but on auction night, we had three parties just go head to head to head to head, and it sold for over 3.1 million.
1: Wow. So it
0: went for over 300,000 at the top end of the range, Mm -hmm. and a buyer could look at that as underquoting, but absolutely not. It was priced accordingly. The comparable sales supported that. The vendor's expectations were there, but because it was such a niche product in this market, it performed to the highest limits. Yeah. So that is down to emotion and it is also down to the fact that there isn't a lot to choose from right now. So yeah. it's very easy to look at a property that transacts for a much higher result than the top end of the range and think, oh, is that an underquote? But mm-hmm. when you look at it, there's two or three people going head-to-head for a reason. It's because that's what they're willing to pay.
1: Yeah, there's a phrase that I heard a lot when I worked in real estate and that was the price is set by the market. Correct. It's not set by anyone else because ultimately – You as an agent or as a valuer, we had Belinda Botzollas, who's a valuer on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she spoke about what that process is like and how they try and keep it consistent no matter who is valuing a property. But ultimately, you as an agent or another agent or a vendor, anyone can say, this is what I think that it's worth. But if somebody comes in and says, I'm willing to pay $500,000 more. Yeah that's what the property is now worth because that is what somebody has paid. Correct. And it's a hard concept to grasp,
0: isn't Very it? Very hard, but the reality is it's a transparent process. Yep. So no one is forcing somebody to pay that. Mm-hmm. There's no games behind the scenes. We are actually, funny enough, as a business, the market changes every single day in yep. real estate. I love an expressions of interest and a private sale because I came in into the market in 2017 and the clearance rates were very low at the time, and it didn't mm-hmm. support us pushing our clients to go to market because there was a fifty percent chance that they'd actually pass in. Yeah. So when you look at what the market's doing this time last year, the clearance rate was sitting at fifty-eight mm-hmm. percent. Right now, it's sitting at over eighty percent. Auctions difference. are working, and the reason behind that is there no longer is the fear of missing out; it's fear of overpaying. That's the market that we're in right now. So the best way to sell a property in this market today is an auction because mm-hmm. buyers want that transparency. Yeah. And if you're ever going to get top dollar, well, it's down to two people fighting out in an open forum to see if it's going to happen. Yeah. But the reality of it is the market is saying something. There's low stock, the clearance rates are high, and people are willing to pay overs because they want that accommodation or they want that position mm-hmm. or it's their dream home. They don't want to do the works. So they want the turnkey home. Yeah. There's different factors that come into play that drive the pricing up. Mm -hmm. on an auction forum.
1: That is so interesting. I want to run to a really quick ad break, but when we come back, I have a lot more questions, so don't go anywhere, guys. Welcome back everybody. Today I'm chatting to Lana Samuels from White Fox Real Estate talking all things property buying, a little bit of underquoting. It's really interesting. I want to ask you because I think a lot of people have been holding back on property because yeah. there's all of this talk about recession and yep. you know global crisis and there's a lot going on in I guess the broader global economy that people are have been sitting on waiting to see if that trickles back down into the property market but you're saying here that it's, it's busier than ever. What do you think the chances are of this
0: dip that everyone seems to be waiting for happening? I think it's coming. Mm-hmm. I think the reality of it is, and we see it every single day when we're people's homes, you know, you see what's and all. You're yeah. in someone's home and you've been there before yourself being an agent or being an EA to an agent. When you're invited to someone's home, you see absolutely everything <laughs> yeah. and why they're really selling. Yeah. No one's selling in this market for fun. I think there's been a lot of uncertainty in the climate in the last six months. Everybody's been sitting on their hands watching and trying mm-hmm. to pick the bottom of the market. Yeah. But as we've seen another interest rate hike, yeah. people are holding on by a thread across yeah. the board. People are having serious conversations behind closed doors on what does it look like the next six to twelve months? Can yeah. we actually afford to stay in the home? Have we overstretched ourselves? You know, people that bought three years ago at 2.19% are now paying over 6%. It's almost triple. And we're not getting that rise in income at work. You know, there's no relief there. And what we're seeing is when you really get under the boot of things, there is a lot of pain and we all know that it's on the news. Everyone's talking about it. But when the reality hits right now, people that are selling are the smart ones that are selling. Mm -hmm. That's my honest opinion Mm -hmm. because I think there's only so long that people can really hold on before they think about, okay, we can't afford this anymore. We need to put our house on the market. Yeah. And then I believe that the market will flood. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an influx of vendors that unfortunately have to sell to have some relief. Yeah. And I believe that will correct the market. I think it'll realign because there's more options as a buyer, whereas right now, because there's such limited stock levels, people are paying overs just to get a house or get an apartment. Whereas when there's more options, buyers do their due diligence. There's a lot of cross-pollination in areas. There's more to choose from. There's a little bit more power in the hands of the buyer. Mm -hmm. Whereas right now, it really does sit with the vendors. Yeah, it's a bit of a seller's market at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Coming back
1: around, I guess, quickly to Mm underquoting, what are some signs or indicators that people can look out for? How can they determine, like we're talking here about how, you know, you can look at something and it's gone for a lot more, but that doesn't necessarily really mean that it has been Mm underquoted. Are there things that
0: people should be looking out for? Recent results. Speaking to agents is another one. Mm -hmm. Although you might be looking at a property with one agency, it doesn't hurt to do a bit of due diligence. Yeah, If you've got friends that are in the industry asking them for their perspective on the property, the internet is flooded with information and access to past results. Mm-hmm. Those comparable sales that are on the statement of information are your guide, mm-hmm. but going out to open for inspections on the weekend, actually going through homes physically, sitting in at auctions and watching how they perform. You know, yeah. if there's a crowd of a hundred people there and there's four people going ballistic- What does that say? Yeah. So really keeping your finger to the pulse and doing as much research as you can and also not getting too emotional. Property is all about emotion (laughs) and you can get, you know, really heavily invested into a home. But I think from a buyer... Is identifying where your limit is if you are going to an auction and you are planning to bid Mm -hmm. and having a a little bit of a buffer on that because that emotion kicks in, but knowing when to call it a day Mm -hmm. because we all know at the moment, you know, even getting finance at the moment is hard. So it's just factoring the future of what does it look like if I buy that home, Mm -hmm. but also making sure that when you turn up on that auction day, you feel really comfortable and confident. That you've done all your due diligence and you've got that max there of where you're prepared to pay.
1: Yeah. On what level can a buyer rely on the agent of a property to help them to answer questions? Because I think there's sometimes a little bit of a it feels like a wall. Like obviously mm. as an agent, ultimately your job is to represent the vendor. You're trying to get the absolute best price that you can for them and that's your job. But then on the flip side, you do want to be helping the buyers as well because Of course. Because that's your that repeat have, seller in exactly the future. Exactly right. Maybe I buy the house, I come back to you to sell it because I love you and you're wonderful. How many questions can we ask you? How much can we ask you for guidance around, is it okay to say, what have you seen happening lately? Because I feel like sometimes you can want to do all that research. You can get on the internet, you can do it all, but I'm not a property expert. I'm hosting a property podcast, but I'm talking to the experts for their insight. How okay is it, I guess, for buyers to talk to agents, whether that be at the open for inspection or whether that be picking up the phone and giving you a call to ask about the properties that you've got?
0: Is that even allowed? Yes, absolutely. And I encourage buyers to do that. And mm-hmm. especially from where we stand, every interaction, it is such a small world that we live in. Yeah. And I think it's incredibly important to treat every single buyer with the utmost care. Mm-hmm. Melbourne is so interconnected. Yeah. You do one wrong thing or put one foot out of place and it always swings in roundabouts. So mm-hmm. when we meet buyers at Opens, we always encourage them to ask questions. If you're not comfortable with the quote range, let me explain to you why we've come up with this figure. These are the comparable sales that have transacted in the area recently, which is how we've based this quote on. Ask as much as you possibly can. Yeah. You know, we've got an auction this week and we've got a buyer that it's her first time buying at auction. She's Aww. nervous, yeah. which is so understandable. And you know, she's asked how it's all going to play out and, you know, how does it work with the reserve, the fundamental basics that sometimes we assume that buyers don't know. Yeah. And I really encourage anyone that is looking and they need that guidance to ask your agent for Mm -hmm. assistance. Look, I am interested. I want to buy the home. But based on the amount of people that are here today, do I have a shot on Saturday? Yeah. And... You know, you've got to try and gauge the agent. Everyone works very differently. I always say to my buyers, just be there. You never know. might have 30 people here today, but come Saturday, no. it might be you and one other. Yeah. You know, it's in the hands of the gods on the day. It's weather dependent. It's media dependent. You know, has there been an interest rate rise? Has there been a spread in the paper that morning? You just never know. Yeah. So I think definitely ask your agent as many questions as you can to make mm-hmm. you feel comfortable if you're getting resistance there then you're going to have to shop around and, and do some further digging there. But mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with asking questions. They are yeah. the expert at the end of the day and they should be there to help you along the journey too. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I love that. That's really nice. And it it is true, isn't it?
0: You've got to rely on the expert sometimes, yeah. I think, to help. I don't go to the doctors and, and try and play guessing Tell games. Tell them how to do I'm their correct. job. Correct. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very hard and unfortunately the industry does have a bad name yes it does hopefully that's changing mm-hmm. not everybody thinks that but I think buyers can get very nervous and yeah because you are paid by the vendor but the reality is without the buyer yeah. there's no transaction and there's no result at the end of the day so try and make it one feel as included as they can that's mm-hmm. what we try and do and assist everyone along the journey and try and be as transparent as you can. Yeah, that's amazing. Are there any resources that you would recommend, websites or platforms or apps that buyers have in their toolkit to help them doing all that research? Yeah, definitely. So the easiest platforms are realestate.com.au and Domain. Mm -hmm. I always advise anyone that I know that's looking is jump on the search criteria on REA and Demate and just put in your brief and you can star that. So you can get notifications on properties that have transacted, properties that have just launched on the market as well. Mm -hmm. So you can get a feel as to pricing. You know, being in touch with buyers advocates too is really important. If you have got the capacity to engage an advocate, that's great. They are an expert that is there to help you buy. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing a lot more people starting to work with advocates because of the type of climate that we're in right now and having access to off-market opportunities and so forth, mm-hmm. but really it it is being across both of those platforms, REA and Domain, because they are the biggest databases in Australia yep. and they have got everything that's hitting the market. So I would be tracking new properties that are hitting the market. There is also access to past sales too. Mm-hmm. Lana,
1: I want to ask you about off-market sales because – you said before that you, you really love those. It's it's a really cool way for people to get access and get in early and, you know, maybe avoid some of the, the heat that you can feel mm-hmm. at auction. And the competition. The competition, exactly <laughs> right. But how do we even find those? Because they're not listed on real yes. estate. So how do we figure out where they are? How do we do, I guess, that same due diligence because we're not running a campaign mm-hmm. in the same way that you would
0: for an auction? Yeah, and you're not seeing that advertising everywhere. Exactly right. So how yeah. do we even, where do we start with those? So first place to start is to call Lance. Samuels at White Fox and ask her what off-markets she has. She's a queen. She's going to help you out. <laughs> in all honesty, the best way is the agents have the off-market. So mm-hmm. the way that we run an off-market in our business is every property that is going to market automatically has an off-market period. Yeah. So what that means is you've got a two-week period. hmm Give or take, where you bring buyers through before it actually hits the market. It's a great way for an agent to also get feedback on price. Mm-hmm. So, going back to that auction, we do that automatically so that yep. when we're pricing, we know we're on the money. No pun intended. Really smart. Great. Very smooth, too. <laughs> so that we can get feedback from buyers. You know, we're feeling it's going to be sitting around X. What's your thoughts? Oh, I think that's a bit high. Or, no, nah, I think that's, you know, mm-hmm. a lay down bazette. So, an off market period essentially is the agent taking a property out to their database or people that they know and getting them through homes for early access before it hitting the market. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of off-market deals happening in the background at the moment because there is a very low stock level online and available. So a lot of vendors the last few months have been – testing the waters before jumping into a full campaign and the emotional side of yeah. open for inspections and auctions and private sales, whatever it may be. So the best way to get access is if you do go to open for inspections to let the agent know that you are interested to, mm-hmm. to hear off, any off markets. Yep. I get weekly calls from buyers that we've met, you know, that we're speaking to, look, Lana, that one wasn't quite right because of X, Y and Z. However, if you've got a property on this land size, this accommodation close to this, this and this, Would you please let me know? So I build my own little database within my team Mm -hmm. of hot buyers that are ready to buy and with their certain briefs. So we call through them and let them know in advance, but I would be recommending as a buyer, if you are interested and you want your finger on the pulse to reach out to a handful of your local agents or agents within the area that you're looking to buy and giving them your brief so that you are front of mind.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So connecting and letting them know exactly what you're looking for. Correct. Because then if something pops up that seems like it fits, they can get in
0: touch and let you know. Correct. I had one on the weekend. We've got an off market that is coming to market. A friend of mine reached out to me on Saturday night and said, I'm with someone. This is the brief. And I just listed it last week and I was like, beautiful. Caught Dream. it yesterday. They've done a drive-by. It fits the brief to perfection. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're ready to buy. Yeah. And they're they're hot to go. So they're coming in tomorrow with us. And hopefully it'll be sold this week. Oh, exciting. And the vendor doesn't have to pay for marketing and they don't have to go through. All the layers that comes with taking property to campaign. Yeah, which makes their life that little bit easier, which we all love, don't we? Absolutely.
1: Incredible. I guess the last question that I have for you is for anyone who is kind of starting that journey, they're looking, they're putting their finger on the pulse and they're doing it for the first time, what recommendations do you have for them? What, I guess, piece of wisdom having worked in this industry and, you know, done incredibly well in it for so many years, what would you suggest to them in
0: terms of just being as prepared as they can? There's a few steps. Mm -hmm. I think having all your background due diligence in order. So making sure that if you are seriously looking, getting your finance in order, having a solicitor ready to go to review contracts. Make sure that if you find a home that you are doing all your due diligence too. Yeah. So reviewing the contract, doing your pest and building inspection, making sure that you're out there actively on weekends, although mm-hmm. it can be- It's a tough, tedious, it's a tough <laughs> Especially gig. when there's limited options, but yeah. go out and explore and find out what you really mm-hmm. want. Don't do what I've always done, whereas I'll buy houses house a site unseen. Yeah. I've done crazy things over the years, but you have to trust your gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Perfect. You're yeah. never going to get a property that's 10 out of 10. But have your non-negotiables that are in your back pocket when you're actually seriously considering a home and make sure you do your research mm-hmm. and that you feel really comfortable when you buy. I think for anyone buying for the first time in this market. Yeah. I would just be really mindful of any interest rates that are coming up and not being overstretched yeah, to the point where one. you actually don't enjoy where you live anymore. So yeah. I think we're, we've are we all got that under control to some degree given that it's our 12th interest rate hike. Aww. So we've all been bashed over the head many times. But really make sure that you're organised and that you're ready to buy if the right one comes up because there's yeah. nothing worse than when we find a buyer for a property and there's multiple people interested and it's perfect but they're just not ready to go Yeah, and then they end up missing out on the the opportunity. So make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row, that you've done your research, you know what you want Mm -hmm. and you get a second opinion. So it's hard when you can be an impulse buyer or just generally like me (laughs) in fashion, (laughs) I impulse buy everything. We're but a little bit guilty of that in yeah, this office too. Yeah, <laughs> but just getting a few people that know what they're doing to be there with you along the way. I yep. get m- so many of my friends in the past have asked me to come and look at homes for them. So if you know anyone within the industry, if you've got, you know, somebody that's bought multiple homes, mm-hmm. mom and dad, whatever it may be, just yeah. get someone along the journey with you so that you feel really comfortable.
1: Yeah. And as someone who used to work in the real estate industry, I think even if you're not sure, if you're reaching out to someone to see if they're the right fit, more often than not, if I reached out to Lana and she was like, oh, "I haven't got anything for you," you might know someone who does. I yes. feel like everyone's really interconnected, and
0: yep. so especially Melbourne,
1: 100%, a hundred percent. It's as you said, it's a very very small space, even though it seems big, and so there's no harm in reaching out. The worst case that someone says is, "Oh, I'm really sorry, I I can't help you," but they might be able to point you along the way and you know help you get there. So. Correct. Thank you so much. I feel like that's been a really interesting little market update for everybody. And if guys, if you do want to chat to Lana, we'll have all of her information in the show notes. Definitely check her out. She's an absolute angel. We love her so much. And we're so grateful for your time today. Thank you for having me. Amazing. See you soon. Just before we head off, let's quickly wrap the boring but important stuff. The advice shared on the Property Playbook is generally in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. The Property Playbook exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or a financial decision. We'll see you in the next episode, guys. Bye.